Hey, um, we really believe 2020, I just want to share with you what it is that God's laid on uh, Trinity and my heart uh, in regards for Revive Pukekohe as we go forward. Um, you know, this is, um, it's not so much mine and Trinity's vision, it's God's vision. And, and the interesting thing about all of this is that as we talk to previous pastors that were here years ago, the same vision has always been in place. It's always, because God has a vision for this place, irrelevant of who leads it, yeah? God has a vision for your life. And so as we step into 2020, which I believe is not only a new decade, but it's a new season for us as a church. It's a new uh, thing that we're stepping into. It's a season, I believe, that of taking ground, of us stepping out and into. I love what Murray shared this morning, that we're stepping into this morning onto the faith boat to go out into the deep waters where God's got something more for us. I believe that the church has always meant to be the center of the community. In fact, if you look in the Old Testament, the tent of meeting where they met with God was always in the center of everything that Israel did. They camped around it. If you go into places like Europe and some of the old countries around the world, you'll see that the synagogues or the cathedrals were always built in the center of the town because God designed it that the church be the center of its community, that you are the church, not the buildings, but you and I are the church. And so God has always intentionally meant for the church to be in the middle of its community and central to its community. And buildings are not the vision, but they reflect the vision. They reflect what we're about. They reflect what we're trying to accomplish. And, and so as I share this this morning, I want you to hear about what we see that God wants to do in this place and through this place and through you in the next 15 years. Can we bring up the next one? That'll be awesome. And so what we really believe that God has spoken to us, we went away and we spent time away just being Trinity and God, just praying, thinking. We've been talking about this for 12 months. We believe that God has, is speaking to us about that we're going to plant 10 locations throughout New Zealand, somewhere around New Zealand. We're going to have 10 locations of 500 people per location and, and the reason for that is, is we could have one church of 5,000 or we could have 10 churches of 500. We're still going to have the same impact. We really feel that we're going to plant them wherever God wants us to do it. But I, I have a heart for regional towns as well because regional towns deserve great churches too, yeah? Come on. And so we want to see that happen over the next 15 years. We want to see that every single one of those locations have a higher education facility. In other words, tertiary education so that young people don't have to leave the, the places where they are. They don't have to leave their family and home to get an education that is beyond high school. We're also wanting to start up um, Revive Centres. And so Revive Centre is where people can go and get counselling and help, um, body, soul and spirit, gyms, all sorts of stuff, nutritional advice, medical centres eventually. And, and all of that is going to be possible because of, one, you're giving, but also because we're going to put in daycare centres and cafes at every location eventually, and then the profits of what we make off that will go towards subsidising revive centres so that people that can't afford help can get help. You know that they say today that one in every four girls has been sexually abused. They say today that one in every two marriages end in divorce. How many of those cases happen because people can't afford to get the help that they need? to save their marriage, 
to be restored because of the abuse that they suffered, then we have a responsibility as the church, as the kingdom of God. God is the God who restores people, yeah? God is the God who delivers people. Jesus said, this the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted. And so we, we, we have a responsibility, and we're going to see uh, 10 of these locations, including here in Pukekohe, all over the place. We're also going to launch a little bit later this year a thing called Kingdom Builders, and there's people in the church that really, like, man, I believe in this vision, I want to see this come to pass, and they give above and beyond their tithes and offerings to help us make this happen, and that's just purely uh, a decision that you're making time, and we'll give you more information about that as we go on, and so that's basically the, 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 the vision for the next 15 years, and um, we're already working on some things, and so I'm excited to tell you this morning that one of the first places that we're going to plant a campus will be Revive Pocono. Pocono, sorry, I said it wrong. Pocono, is that right? And uh, so we're going to go into there, and then the next one will be Revive Tekofara, and so we're going to go into there as well. And so over the next five years, we're planning to launch three more locations to this location. Uh, we don't know what the third one is yet, although there is some stuff happening in the background that we'll share with you about as we get closer to it. And so we just really believe that God wants to do something significant, do something amazing, and do something that transforms communities and changes lives. Um, I mean, that's what he wants to do, yeah? And... Um, and so, you know, that's a really cool vision that's nice and lovely, Craig, and that's awesome, but what do we do next? What, what's, what's next? Like, how do we work this out? Well, I think the only way uh, to conquer, or to, conquer is not the right word, to fulfill a vision like this that God has given us, I don't know about you, but it's beyond me, yeah? I struggle enough just leading this church, let alone 10 churches. Oh, I thought there would be a few laughs there, but maybe you agree with that statement. And so, so what, do we, what do we do? You know, one of uh, Debbie Tana's favorite, favorite things to say is, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You would have heard that, yeah? So how do we break down a big vision like this of 10 locations of 500 people minimum in each location? That doesn't mean that it's not going to be bigger than that. How do we do this if we're going to build these revive centers? And day, how, how does that all happen? We're talking millions of dollars worth of property and buildings and all that sort of stuff to reach communities. How do we do that? Well, we start with five things that I believe that we need to embrace as a church for the next season that we're going into. We can only do what's in front of us, yeah? I believe this wholeheartedly. This is God's will, but God's going to lead the way. We start walking and God directs our paths. And I believe there's five things that we can do as a church that will help make this happen, which we can break this down into biteable sizes so that you can understand how this is going to work out in our lives. And I want you to come with me to 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1. And it's a story of Queen Sheba coming to Solomon's temple, and it says this, that when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, isn't that good? We, we want to have fame in our community that brings honor to the Lord. Come on. Don't you go quiet on me this morning. Come on. You should be excited. You should be pumped. 
name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. I believe just like the Queen of Sheba, our community need to hear about the great things that God is doing, come to experience the great things that God is doing, and see the great things that God is doing. She heard about what God was doing in Solomon's temple, so she came to the temple to see for herself what it was that God was doing. There's a scripture in the New Testament that says that if we lift him up, he'll draw all men unto himself. In other words, if we make Jesus the center of all of this, people will hear about it, people will come to see it, and lives will be transformed. And so we've got to make sure that there are, there are five things that I see in the story of Queen Sheba that Solomon did that caused a transformation in Sheba's life, and I believe will cause a translation or a transformation in all of the lives of people as they come through our doors. The first thing is this, is that we need to be a church with answers. We need to be a church with answers. It says Solomon had answers to all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. Solomon had wisdom to answer all of the queen's questions. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of questions in our world today, isn't there? Come on, there's a lot of questions in our world today about what's this and there's so much stuff out there today that's just not truth, that's just confusing. All it takes for was for the media to make something an issue and everybody goes weird on us and starts buying out pack and saves everywhere. Come on. So we need to have answers to the world's questions. The way that we have answers to the world's questions is not by focusing on what's wrong, but by focusing on the solutions to our world. You see, I think that what we've got to do is not point out the problems, not point out what's wrong with the world, but point out what's right with God. Point out what's so good about God. Not point out what's so bad about them or bad about the world or bad about what's going on out there, but let's, let's be people that provide answers about how good God is, that God is the answer to every question that they could ever have. He's the answer to every problem they could ever have. Marriage problem, God's the answer. Family problem, God's the answer. Financial problem, God's the answer. Health problem, God's the answer. If we can just become a church that has the answers to our community, that we can answer every question. And Queen Sheba came with hard questions, it said, and it said that Solomon had the answer to every single question. We need to become a church that has the answers to the questions that the world has. Well, how do we do that? Well, the Bible says this in James, that if we lack wisdom, ask of it, and God will give it generously to us. I believe God is going to give us an answer to every problem and every situation in people's lives and our community because we need to become a church that has the answers to the questions. The second thing is, is we need to have a spirit of excellence, a spirit of excellence. Excellence is this. It's being the best that you can be at any given time. And it says here of Queen Sheba, in verse 4 to 5, it says, When Queen Sheba realized how wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was breathless. Everybody say breathless. In other words, she was blown away about the amazingness of what he had built. The queen was left breathless. Now, we've got to remember, she's a queen. I'm pretty sure she's seen palaces before. I'm pretty sure she lives in a palace. But when she saw what Solomon had built, 
She was breathless. When she saw that Solomon had built the best facilities, that Solomon had built the best of everything. You know, it's, it's in my heart, it's a dream in Trinity's heart that when we build an early education center, that it's the best early education center. Come on. You're, you're looking at me this morning. You don't want us to have the best? The best coffee. Oh, that gets a response. Who cares about kids' education? Coffee. The best. Why? Why do we have to have the best? Because this is always the question. that people. Why do we have the best? Why do you have to spend money on having the best? Because everything about us reflects the God that we serve. And if we have a half-hearted facilities, if we have average facilities, what we're saying is that God is average. If we have average services, what we're saying is God is average. God is the most excellent thing ever. God is the God of all the best things that will ever be in this world. And the church, his bride, should reflect who he is in everything we do. Not just from facilities, but from everything that we do. It should be a reflection of the excellenceness of our God. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be something that you're not. It just means being the best that you can be at any given time. Just being the best that you can be in your marriage, being the best that you can be as a parent, being the best that you can be in your serving in the life of the church, being the best that you can be, that she was amazed and she was breathless when she saw what he had built because everything about us should be a reflection of the God that we serve. We need to be a church that has the answers to the questions. We need to be a church that is excellence to our community. And third, we need to show hospitality. In 1 Kings 10, 5, it says that she was amazed at the food on his tables. I can only imagine what kind of food he had because she was a queen. I'm pretty sure she had amazing food at her table. I'm pretty sure she didn't have... You know, um, she didn't have rump steak at her table. She had eye fillet wrapped in bacon, stuffed with scallops. You know, like she, she probably had all of that. You know, like she didn't eat Cadbury chocolate. She had Whitakers. <laughs> she didn't have Pepsi. She had Coke because it's the real thing. She wouldn't have had tea in her house. She would have just had coffee because coffee's of God. I mean, she, she, she was a queen. She had best. She knew what best was. But when she comes to Solomon, it says that she was blown away by the food that he had on his table. In other words, Solomon's hospitality to her just way outdone what she thought hospitality was. It, it blew her mind. I'm sure she came from a place with incredible food and servants and all those things. But when she came to Solomon's temple, when she came to Solomon's palace, she was blown away with the hospitality. She was blown away with the welcome. She was blown away with how at home she felt. She was blown away with how well she was cared for. We need to be a church, Lord, that, that, that provides hospitality so that when people come through our door broken, they leave 
leave feeling part of a family, that when they come through our door with problems, they leave with answers because we have cared for them, because we have loved them, that they are known, that they are loved, and that they are valued because we live in a world that doesn't do that anymore for people. And it says that she was amazed when she saw the food on the tables because we need to. How do we do this, this plan? We need to create a welcoming and gathering atmosphere where people are just like, man, I can't wait to be together with my church family on a Sunday because I am loved, I am known, and I am valued. Inviting people on the journey, not doing the journey on your own, but bringing people with you. Why? Because we're designed to do life together, not alone. And I can't say enough to you Get yourself into a connect group. Get yourself serving in a team somewhere. Because it's not just about the serving and it's not just about the connect group. It's about the friendships that you build. It's about getting people around you that are going to be there for you through the thick and the thin. Getting people around you that are going to have your back. How do we do do a a vision like this with 10 locations where everybody feels it's you and I do it? By creating a welcoming gathering atmosphere where hospitality rules. How do we do a vision like we feel that God has given us? We've got to be a church that has the answers to the questions. We need to have a spirit of excellence about what we do, and we need to provide hospitality to those that come. Number four, we need a great team. We need a great team. 1 Kings 10.5 says this, that she was so amazed at the food on his tables, and listen to this, the organization of his officials. The organization of his officials. She just saw how well it was organized, how well it ran. And that's not talking about the leadership of the church. It's talking about all of us. We are only as good as those that are with us. You are only as good as the people around you. And what we need to build here is great teams, great worship teams, Great hosting teams, great children's teams, great pastoral teams, great teams of people that that do things so well that people are blown away by how well things are done. The Queen was amazed. We need to to be deliberate. You, You and I need to be deliberate in operating and in recognizing and respecting the gifts that each of us have and making sure that we're using them. If you have a gift of singing or a gift of playing an instrument, you need to use that gift because God gave it to you for a reason. Come on. God, everything that you have is given by him. All, all the giftings, it says this in the scripture, the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, God gives you the gifts that you have, the abilities that you have, and he doesn't take them back. He expects you to use it for his purpose. How are we going to fulfill a vision like this? Because we're going to have great teams of people. We're going to have teams that are going to go out to Pocono and and plant that church. We're going to have ones that are going to go to Tikafoto and plant that church. Why? Because we're going to have great teams. We're going to have great teams and people are going to come in and they're going to be amazed at how well we run the church, how well that our teams are in. And the last thing that I believe that God is calling us to do if we're going to see this vision come to pass is we need to be a church of generosity. Need to be a church of generosity. It says in 1 Kings 10, 13, it says, King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she asked for. 
besides all the customary gifts that he had so generously given. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land with more than what they came with. I love that. Because it says earlier on in this chapter that when the queen came, she brought gifts, as was customary for her to do. Because she was coming to visit Solomon, that she brought gifts. She brought stuff to give to him as a way of honoring him and a way of of blessing him. But it says here that when she left, she left with more than what she came with. Oh, oh, to be a church that people leave here every single Sunday with more than what they came with. That people come here with no friends and leave with great friends. That people come here without an encounter with God, but leave with an encounter with God. That people come here and they don't know him, but they leave knowing him. That people come here broken, but they leave here restored. Oh, that we would be a church. That we would be a people. That people leave with more than what they came with. That they are more blessed when they left than when they walked in the doors. Come on. If you can't get excited about that, there's something wrong with you because that's what God did for you. We came to him with brokenness. We came to him with sin. We came to him with, with all the problems in the world. And he said that he swapped it for righteousness, for holiness, for grace, for mercy. We have left with more than what we ever brought. In fact, what we brought to him, you would never want, but he gave us more than what we ever brought to him. Oh, to be a church. That when people come in, they leave with more than what they came in with. Queen of Sheba went home with more gifts than what she brought. I don't know about you, but I, I want us to be a church that has answers to the questions that the world has. I want us to be a church that reflect the excellence of our God. I want to be a church that practices great hospitality, that people feel loved, needed, wanted, and valued. I want to be a church where we have great teams that just do it so, so well, that people are cared for incredibly well because we have these great teams. And I want us to be a church that's of generosity. Because if we're going to see the vision come to pass, it requires generosity. We are sitting in a building like this because people before us, generosity. Sewing. They didn't realize this in 1982 when they built this place. They didn't know that you were coming here. They didn't know that you were going to find Christ in this place. But they sowed generously so that you and I could have this place. So that we could stand in this lovely air-conditioned building and worship God on a Sunday. They didn't, they didn't give thinking about you, they gave because they believed in what God was doing. How do, we, how do we fulfill a vision like this? It's not just money. It's generosity, time, generosity of words, generosity of finance. It's generosity of everything. Why? Because we want people to come in with one thing and leave with way more than what they came with. We, we have a world out there, friend, that needs the church, the church of Christ, to be such a blessing that they can't ignore it. That they can't ignore what God is doing here because when they leave, they leave with more than what they came with. That they come with questions, but they leave with answers. 
that they come thinking that the church is irrelevant, but they leave realizing that God has never been irrelevant to them. That God is for them and not against them. That God's not angry, but he's a God of love, grace, and mercy. That he is for them. And they're in this place. And wherever else we may go, Pokono and Tikafora, that they would also go, hey man, thank God that Revive is here in our community. Thank God that the church is alive in our community. If it wasn't for the church, I don't know where I'd be. But when I walked in through those doors, I found Jesus. I got restored. I discovered what my gifts and my calling were. And now I'm having influence on my friends and my family and my neighbors and my work colleagues. And we're seeing the dead come back to life. I love what it says in the message version of 1 Peter 2.9. And it says this, that, that, that God has chosen us to be his royal priesthood, to be God's instruments. For what reason? To tell everyone about the day and night difference that God has made in our lives. That we have gone from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted, and may I add, from death to life. And I believe that our name, Revive, it's not what we do, it's who we are. We carry the revival spirit of God on the inside of us, which is calling a community, it's calling individuals, that is calling a world to come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we have a responsibility as a church to make sure that we have the answers, to make sure that we're showing God really, really well, to make sure that we're loving on people like they've never been loved on before, that we run the way that we run the church is done really, really well. But most of all, that the generosity is so huge that people just can't help but want to be part because they just can't help but be blessed because the church has once again become the center, the center of the communities that it's planted in, that the church is the place we go to for all of our answers, for all of our needs, because that's what Jesus died on the cross for. Why don't you just all close your eyes just for a moment. I really believe God wants to move this morning and I don't want to take up a whole lot of time this morning and you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but we're going to sing God of Revival, the song in a moment, but I really believe that as we enter into this new season, as we enter into this new decade, that for every new season and for every new decade, for every new thing that God brings us into, there's always an anointing for the new season. There's always a touch from God. The word anointing means to be marked by Him. And we're going to create an opportunity for you just in a moment. We're going to get our leaders and that to come. And we, we want to anoint you of oil and pray over your life that God would mark you for this new season. That there'll be a new anointing on you for this new season. That God's about to take you into. Because this is not a vision that's done by a few. It's a vision that's done by all. To see our communities transformed, lives changed. Families saved, marriages restored, drug addicts set free. This is what we're here for, church. Spirit of the Lord is upon us for this reason. And as we sing this song shortly, 